0: This is a headgum podcast. You
1: Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger.
2: I'm Lindsay Weber.
1: And this is a new episode of Who's There? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's it.
1: That's it. That's it. That's all you're getting. We have a lot to cover this week, actually.
2: No, both of us get too lazy to think of like Like, a uh, thing to lead into. We're just like, this is the second episode of the week. Uh, (laughs) Like, get it. Like, deal with it. We're so Uh.
1: exhausted, but we have a lot of comments and we have a lot of calls. So I think we should just get started and get right into it. Because, as you know, these episodes are all about the hooligans. They're all about you. They're all about you. Mm -hmm. So here's the first one. And they're all about us getting mad at you. <laughs>
2: Just wait, <laughs> I'm about to go off. Here we go. Lil' Kim
3: was the fourth person in Lady Marmalade, not Missy Elliott. Bye.
1: That tone? Bye. As though, like, you were s- so offended by the fact that yeah, you had to call. and
2: also you're wrong. Okay, so Lil Kim was in Lady Marmalade, and I definitely did say Lil Kim. Missy Elliott is one of the songwriters of the remake, and she's in the video. She introduces them. So how dare you try and fact check our knowledge of the Lady Marmalade remake as if it's not the only thing I've ever known? Truly.
1: <laughs> also, the Lady Marmalade, the Lady Marmalade remake was like peak adolescence for the two of us. <laughs> that was like yeah. the, the the most like intensely we've ever. Focused on like music videos and popular and you culture. You could
2: argue that Missy Elliott is probably the only reason that even happened because mm-hmm. she probably put uh-huh. everyone together, asked for all the favors, and then wrote the remake. How dare you?
1: You could argue it, and Lindsay just did argue it, and <laughs> I think pretty successfully. So, Thank you. call her, take your Lady Marmalade air quotes knowledge and send it to some other podcast because we don't need it here, okay?
2: How dare you question <laughs> oh. our knowledge of the one How thing you I've you, ever known? How dare you? <laughs>
3: just got done with a spin class, and the teacher fucking played This Is Me. I honestly think I am dead now and, like, hovering above the earth because it was the most insane thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I, it was, I don't even, I don't know. It was, like, what just happened? Good <laughs> form, Bellatorne.
1: I like that it was the most insane thing that's ever happened to me is fully understandable and believable.
3: If I, just, I spun yeah. to
1: This Is Me, I've never spun, number one. But if I had, I would definitely say it was the most insane thing that's ever happened to me.
2: I just like that you're like, well, if you if you spun, it would also be insane for you, I think. So that alone would be like an insane experience. If you've never done spinning, it's like horrendous. But I did
1: consider spinning recently because they do spinning at IMAX now.
2: No, uh, and no. I was like,
1: oh, I would kind of... That'd be kind of fun to spin, like, my first and only time spinning in an IMAX. While
2: watching IMAX?
1: Yeah, it's, like, beautiful footage of you, like, going through... No. Like, landscapes and environments, but it's on an IMAX.
2: No, you might as well just go biking. I'm sorry (laughs) at that point. Like, that's not... No. It's also Um, wildly
1: expensive, so I don't think I would ever actually pay for it.
2: What's funny is, like... That made me think, is there a This Is Me remix already? Like, is This Is Me already being remixed into, like, gay clubs across the United States of America? The answer is no.
1: Not yet. The answer (laughs) is not yet, but give it time.
2: I mean, would it surprise me? No. Like, nothing surprises me at this point. But it would be a hard stretch. Also, I don't even know how you spun to This Is Me.
1: It's not necessarily up-tempo. Like, you're not not going quickly.
2: (laughs) Not necessarily. Was it
1: like a warm-up?
2: I don't know. A warm-down? A cool a down? Warm down. I'm still recovering from our screening of *The Greatest Showman*.
1: Yeah, but you know what I did? You know what song I did like that we both liked? I think the song that Rebecca Ferguson doesn't, doesn't sing.
2: sing. <laughs> Rebecca <laughs> yeah, Ferguson. During is in that it. part, I turned to Bobby and I was like, "This is a good song.
1: <laughs> it's a good song. I've listened to it so much since seeing the movie."
2: Yeah, it was great cuz I liked the Michelle Williams song, and then I saw it and I was like, "Oh, I don't like this song anymore." Right, like right, watching yeah. it, watching it was ruined.
1: <laughs> um, but that song is good. It's called Never Enough. It's on Spotify. And I don't think that's breaking the embargo to say that song is good if anyone can listen to it, right?
2: I mean, whatever whatever embargo is supposed to be broken, we've likely broken it in some way. <laughs> like what is even what is even an embargo?
1: I will say it's funny that this movie is under embargo and yet it was still nominated for the Golden Globe for best picture, musical or comedy. Which someone called about.
2: Were there enough? Were there not enough musicals or comedies this year that they had to, you know, go to this? I'm really very. I'm actually asking. Like, were there not I mean, a no, lot? of but to pick the Golden from? Globes.
1: The Golden Globes are always wonky, weird left field choices.
2: Yeah, this is know. like Bobby as a Golden Globe voter. If he only heard the song, "This Is never Me," enough. and then was like, "Sure," <laughs> or no, never, never enough. Never enough. Yeah, never right. enough. If
1: I saw, like, if I what? only heard the it's song, fine. "This Is Me," I would say absolutely not. If I heard Never Enough and I assume that that was representative of the rest of the movie, I would say, let's give it a shot, even though I haven't seen it. <laughs> Nominate it for Best Picture. Who cares? I don't
2: feel like watching this, but it seems like it's a musical and it's happened this year, so. And
1: I like Rebecca good. Ferguson, so even though this isn't her.
2: <laughs> this is not her.
1: She's lip syncing to it and that's something.
3: All oh, the shots.
1: Hi Lindsay and Bobby, second time, long time. Uh I had to stop the latest episode um, to stand for Betsy, who is the greatest uh creation in a gay lab ever. Um, second line of her Wikipedia uh entry that, that that maybe should have been mentioned is that she is an ex Balenciaga designer. Um, So not only did she grow up on a goose farm, she became a Balenciaga designer and then decided to become a pop star. So she clearly was created in a lab for gay men to love. Um, Good for Bella Thorne. She was created in a lab. I I don't have anything to say to that. I just want to say, like, yeah, that tracks.
2: And here's why, like, Bobby's obsessed with her, and I'm like, she's fine. (laughs) Clearly, I don't have the, you know, the genetic makings of a Betsy fan. (laughs) (laughs) It's true.
1: Yeah, you've... uh... You've camped out on the wrong end of the Kinsey scale, so...
2: Sorry, just not for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You, like, hear, like, the faint cries of Betsy in the distance, and you're like, yeah, no, I don't need to venture over there, no, I'm fine.
0: Hi, this is Kylie, and I've made several calls, just even in the last month, but I um, thought that possibly this one might be helpful. Uh, In the Venn diagram of Who Weekly fans who are also UFC fans, I think I might be one of the few people in the middle. And Rita um, recently made headlines because she posted a photo that said date night with UFC champion Conor McGregor. And this forced her to confirm her relationship because everybody was pissed that she uh, posted this with Conor McGregor. So Conor McGregor probably the only who um, in the UFC for people who don't follow the UFC. I mean, sorry, only them. Most of the other fighters are who's um, unless you're in the UFC community and then we all have our favorites. But he uh, is notorious. He um, makes a lot of money for the UFC and for himself. Uh, he, he talks a lot of shit. He's kind of um, a very controversial character. But one of the things um, about his past is he grew up very poor in Ireland, and his wife supported him, his current wife, well, his only wife. And I actually don't know if they're married. His girlfriend, whoever he's with right now, supported him. Um, by working like two jobs so he could train in Dublin uh, without working. And then they've been together for almost 10 years and just had a baby. Um, and she's with him all the time and in all of the fights. So that's why people got really pissed that Rita posted a photo saying date night um, under their uh, picture. Anyway, because everyone got so pissed, then she had to confirm her uh Relationship with other who Andrew something or other, so uh, that's the UFC background on uh, Conor McGregor and his. Um, it is just girlfriend, D. Uh, Devlin. Uh, uh, love you guys. Bye.
1: She also called in to say that she forgot Ronda Rousey, but we don't have to play that call.
0: Yeah, but this that is that helpful was a good,
1: context.
2: That was a good rundown. I think we gave no rundown, so that right. was a good rundown.
1: Good rundown. Thank you, caller. You spent. Three minutes of your time on us, and we appreciate it. And note how she did that without sassing us. Unlike <laughs> some people, unlike some people.
2: Uh, no comments. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've no commented comment. enough.
1: We've commented yeah, enough. That
2: was great. And also, I love that we have the, if you know the Who Weekly uh, UFC Championship Venn Diagram is very small. The the hole in the middle is tiny. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're 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 mm-hmm.
1: there. Um. Okay, next, uh, real call. Here we go. Uh,
3: uh, Hi Who Weekly, Jeannie Bouchard goes on second date with Super Bowl gambler. I hate these Twitter moments so much. They drive me crazy. Um, another one that's up right now. Roman Atwood and fans remember Zeus? Like the Greek god Zeus? Is it, who is Zeus? Uh, uh.
0: Good form, Bella
1: Thorne. I didn't know anything about John Gurky, I didn't know anything about Jeannie Bouchard. I didn't know anything about Roman Atwood or Zeus. But thanks to these horrendous Twitter moments, I now know a little.
2: I um, mean, Twitter moments, you realize, like, a lot of them are self-created are created by people. Like, you anyone can, can make your a- own. Right. So a lot of these... Um, I know there's a Twitter Moments team. I know they do, they make the content also, but then there's also people just making them and they can escalate them to be like featured. So if you go to like twitter.com slash moments or whatever, there's lots of moments, but some of them are created by just mm-hmm. people. So mm-hmm. um, like the the top of Twitter Moments right now is dinner with three celebrities. Who would you invite? And here are the nominees for the 2018 SAG Awards. So, you know, it kind of ranges from mm-hmm. like who to like, you know them the point and is, games and whatever
1: you can make these Jeannie bouchard stands did this because they love her just in the same way i could make a betsy twitter moment anytime betsy did something notable i dare you knowing betsy you. doesn't happen often <laughs> but point being i didn't know who they were until these twitter moments and now i know who they are so Jeannie bouchard is like um a famous tennis player apparently from canada like she does really really well Okay. She was in Wimbledon. I think she her won. Her name is good. Wimbledon. Her her name is great. Her name is Eugenie, but she goes by Jeannie. Um, she's Canadian. She's young. I read her Wikipedia, and this part is so crazy. So you sort of associate stage parents and, like, bad parents with specifically, like, actors, child mm-hmm. actors. Mm-hmm. But it's so it happens everywhere. It happens anywhere. Like a parent is trying to make their kid famous, duh. even if it's a sport. They're so, all gamers. I just don't take. I just don't pay attention to sports, so I, I'm never. I'm never seeing these narratives. But this mm-hmm. is crazy to me. So whenever her, whenever she was like nine years old, her dad and two other people. I guess they had a lot of money. They made like a fund, um, and a partnership called Tennis Mania, where they like put the funds in there to support her tennis career i guess to like pay for her classes and stuff and like get her into contests or whatever anyway so then contests i don't know what you call it (laughs) tournaments yeah so she becomes this super successful rich and famous tennis player and because of this contract that was drawn up when she was nine i guess that some of the money also went to the dad and his business partners and then later on Shady. These courts had to be like, no, 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 no. This partnership is void, apparently, if I'm reading this right. Because she can't agree to that because she was only nine when it happened. So I guess her dad's attempt at scamming didn't work out. And I love that. I love that. Anyway, then Roman Atwood, the only thing I knew about Roman Atwood is that he's the prank vlogger. Oh, I thought he was Mr.
2: Bean. Who's Mr. Bean?
1: Oh, I don't know. Roman
2: Atkinson?
1: Oh, what? Rowan Atkinson. Oh, my God. You confused him with – I didn't know you literally met Mr. Bean. Um,
2: Mr. Bean. Roman At- Rowan, Rowan Atkinson. Rowan. You know what? Honestly, sure. Okay.
1: He did the – I killed my kid prank. Remember when they threw the mannequin? Yes. And the mom freaked out? Terrible. And then she – well, he divorced her because she cheated on him.
2: But they <laughs> also on. had a
1: dog named Zeus, not the Greek sure. god. Sure. Sure. And Zeus died earlier this year. Meanwhile,
2: the fact that you had to explain that much for us to get to this shows that the headline, like, Roman, Atwood, and fans remember Zeus is, like, truly deranged. Yeah,
1: and Zeus died a while ago. So I don't know why this was a moment on December 8th.
2: But the thing about Twitter moments is that they, it's not timely because it's all about tweets. So, like, mm-hmm. something could happen and it could, like, trend late or, like, some meme comes up again and it's, like, oh. it's only following Twitter. It doesn't follow, like, you know the what real I world. You web. know what I see?
1: The reason, it's, the reason it was trending is because... Roman Roman showed Zeus's Christmas stocking. I hate this, and the fans got sad. I hate this. Anyway, I hate this. I hate this. You know what I don't hate? This next call.
3: Hi, um, Hi who Weekly. This is Kendra and my boyfriend Michael, who I have turned into an avid listener of your podcast. Despite his initial um, hesitation, he is now a full Who Weekly stand. You need a hooligan. He even said it. He said a hooligan. Amazing. Um, okay. So we're, we're like low key drunk and, or maybe just I am. And we're walking home from my company Christmas holiday party and we passed by a, a poster or whatever, like a, like an ad for Selena and Barnes. And he said, Selena and Barnes, who's of them? First of all, New York Hoosier them, she clarifies. First of all, right? Like I have a winner. He's the best. Second of all, what do you think, Selena and Barnes? Are they Hoosier Thumbs? them? Uh, good form, Bellathorn.
1: That's the best. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love your song.
1: <laughs> it's very. I mean, I understand that this is very regional and that only. People who've heard that jingle will laugh a lot at that call. But I laughed so hard at that call. That that so, jingle is so good.
3: Savino and Barnes, injury attorneys, 800 888 Don't wait. Call
0: 8.
2: That's like extremely New York-centric. Like I can't think of anything more New York-centric aside from like complaining about the mayor that would be like a thing that you would not. Like there's no like way the, anyone who's never lived in New York would get that. Yeah. Celino and Barnes, like every city has their own like lawyer jingle. Oh, like Dr. Zismore, like the... but he doesn't
1: have a he doesn't have a jingle.
2: No, but like like every every city has like a famous ambulance chaser lawyer mm-hmm. that has a has like a thousand billboards up and their number's like one eight hundred, like get money mm-hmm. or like something we had, crazy. We had
1: Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd go like, I'm Jim Adler, I'm the Texas Hammer.
2: Ours is like, if y'all wrench it in, act it in bad winter. It's like the most, it's like, it's like the most possible. Anyways, so Salino and Barnes are the New York version of that. Yeah. And their jingle famously, call 888 whatever it is. It's not that anymore. Did you know that? Because this year they sued each other.
1: They sued each other. So- but they still work together. Shout out
2: to the shout out to the cut, which I don't know why they wrote this because it's like really funny that it's on the cut. But they wrote a piece called "The Dramatic Feud Between Two New York Lawyers Explained." Like, so please go read that because it's got everything you need. Mm-hmm. My favorite part about the Salino and Barnes piece is that uh, Salino sued Barnes and then and was like mad, and then Barnes wanted a restraining order. <laughs> and one of the best things is that <laughs> Barnes in the in the like. Um, paperwork or whatever said he said it said another statement that ross made to the attorney's employees during his pitch was that the seleno name was better (laughs) than the barnes name (laughs) and uh, and he said he said he compared it to harley davidson telling people no one ever calls their motorcycle a davidson (laughs) (laughs) but then they like go through all this drama Mm -hmm. and then it turns out at the end um barnes after they got the first Rid of their first number, the 888-8888. Mm-hmm. Barnes spent almost a million dollars on a new number, one oh God. So it's God. like, what? How are we gonna do this? And now I guess they're friends again, or they're gonna keep. They're they're gonna. I think they realized they could make a lot of money, and why would they break up? Like they make a lot of money. Whatever. Yeah, they make
1: a ton of money. Um, Lindsay, what is your what is your jingle? Your like iconic Boston <laughs> jingle that isn't a lawyer.
2: I'll play. Let me play it for you. What, what is it's, it for? Uh, it was a company called Bernie and Phils. Which is a furniture company. Okay. Enjoy your furniture for years and take your sweet time.
3: Before 2008, we won't ask for a dime. Burning and bail. Quality, comfort, and price. That's nice.
2: That was ours. Um, and that was the best jingle. But there was also, if you're from the Boston area, you know about Jordan's Furniture. Have you heard of Jordan's Furniture? No. And the funniest thing they would do was they would give you deals based on when the Patriots won. And so it was like fucking the most Boston thing ever would be like, if the Patriots like win the playoffs, like 40% off. And it was just like, this is actually like, this is insane. This is very Boston. (laughs) What was yours? What's your jingle?
1: Well, the jingle that I really wanted was for an upholstery company, but I couldn't find good audio of it. And it was like, it's called Arrow Upholstery. And all their commercials would end. Just call Arrow, Arrow Upholstery. I couldn't find that. Well, I found one, but it, had, it was bad audio. But the
2: Shout out to San Antonio, to San Antonio. listeners. But
1: my favorite is this car dealership. It's one of those, I feel like every major metropolitan area has the, you know, family car dealership that owns like, you know, 90% of all the car dealerships in your town. And ours was this right. guy named, an, his last name is Sierra. Anyway, uh-huh. it ends with, think Sierra.
0: So if you're looking for an unbeatable price on a new or pre-owned vehicle... Number one in San Antonio.
2: Snappy. <laughs>
1: extremely.
2: Um, there's also extremely a really snappy. good.
1: Uh, this isn't necessarily a jingle, but a really funny. Do you know Pace Picante Sauce? Yeah. Duh. Do you know their original commercials? No. So for a long, for the longest time, Pace Picante Sauce was made in San Antonio, and that was like its claim to fame and the reason that it could like say that it was authentic because it was made in San Antonio, Texas. And so all the commercials would be like. Uh, Cowboys Eating Bottled Salsa And they would look at the back And it says like Bottled in New York City And then all the cowboys would go New York City (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like Pace made in San Antonio, Texas
3: Floyd This ain't Pace Well so Pace is made in San Antonio By folks who know What pecan sauce Should taste like Hey This stuff's made in New York City New New York York City! City
1: But then I guess at some point I'm misremembering, so please, San Antonio listeners, call in and correct me. But at some point, Pace got bought, and then it started being made in I think New Jersey, and so they couldn't do they could
3: do the
1: they, couldn't, <laughs> do like, the, they uh, couldn't do the commercials. We gotta anymore. change this. They were like, oh, we need a new we need a new angle. We need a new angle. I think Pace is still like super ubiquitous and very successful. But anyway,
2: so wait, what where is it made now?
1: So Campbell's right. is based in New Jersey. They're not bottled in San Antonio anymore. They're bottled in Paris, Texas, which is insane. Paris, Texas has like nothing. Like there's nothing. No one knows anything about Paris, Texas. Um, right. So it's, it's, just, Texas. it's just sort of a That's mess. It's just sort of a mess. That's
2: funny. That's anyway, funny. Yeah. So Selena and Barnes, who, like them's of, them, who's of the New York world? Like nothing, no yeah, anywhere they're not
1: Yeah, they're not <laughs> even in a category anywhere else. It's, it's so regional. <laughs> yeah. um, next call.
3: Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Uh, this is Julia calling from Virginia. Um, I wanted to know if you guys thought Bitcoin was the who of the currency world because I don't understand it and I don't know anyone that really does understand it. It's just kind of there. Uh, I would say the biggest them of the currency world is like U.S. dollars or like maybe the euro because it's the strongest in the world. Anyways, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, have a nice day.
2: Um, so clearly not to be, you know, not to really just put a hard line on it, but the the more, the higher your currency is worth, the more your currency is worth, the themier Mm -hmm. is.
1: The more, the more power it has on the global market, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like the thems of currency are the ones that are worth the most, right? Like the ones you could truly, like if you can use your dollar or your euro anywhere else in the world, it's a them. Right?
1: Um, let's see how strong the dollar is. Let's see the strongest... (laughs) There's the euro, the yen, the dollar, the the pounds doing well. The pounds doing well.
2: Okay, okay, the pound counts. Um, sure, sure, sure.
1: You know what? That's, I don't I mean, know. Like, I'm looking at these, and I'm like, are these strong? I'm on like Investopedia.com. <laughs> who the hell knows?
2: You're asking the all wrong I know people. <laughs>
1: is Bitcoin is a who.
2: Bitcoin is the whoiest shit in the whole world. It's not even real. It's bad for the environment. Now you're gonna get my real opinions about it. (laughs) It's
1: bad for the environment. The Winklevoss twins are proud proponents of the yeah. It made the the Winklevoss twins billionaires
2: again. Literally, like we're this like fake money made the Winklevoss twins famous again. Mm -hmm. As if we don't have enough troubles in our world. Those two are billionaires because of a fake of fake money that you Mm -hmm. guys are all buying into. Not you guys. I mean, I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast is like, I'm a Bitcoin investor. Um, I recently sold some Bitcoin. Did you know that?
1: Did I tell no. you this? Ew. What?
2: <laughs> you didn't tell me I, that. My, my, Over four years ago, my brother. My brother's really into Bitcoin. Shout I out. He'll that. never hear this. Um, and he should sell. I keep telling him to sell because he's whatever. And of course, is um, now it's going to be whatever. He's not listening to me. Anyways, it's nice to have a hobby is what I'm saying. But he gave me as a joke, he gave me 0.01 Bitcoin four years ago. Mm -hmm. And like it like got lost in my email. Like I couldn't even, I didn't even know that I had it. I like lolled and then Mm -hmm. I told told it as a joke and I forgot. And then like this year he was like, do you still have the like Bitcoin I sent you?
1: .01, like 0.01 bitcoin
2: yeah worth, a, it's, it's worth like worth, 200 bucks it's worth a hundred dollars and i was like oh uh, and like found it and somehow recovered it and then i got freaked out by having it because i kept just thinking like when should i sell it what is it worth it? it like it made me anxious like i can't imagine actually doing this because you would be non-stop stressed right. about it right like oh. this fake money it that's definitely me. gonna crash it would kill me it's
1: definitely Who gonna crash would it sell it Last week, whenever it was crazy.
2: Right? Well, it's still kind of crazy because they just released futures on it. Anyways, point is, is that I got too stressed out about it. And when it was at about 10000 11000 I sold it. And I got $104. And I was like, you know what? This is great. I'm out of the game. Like, I did it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of mad because I'm like, what if I'd like listen to him? and No, him on don't Bitcoin see that. will drive you crazy. <laughs> you have
1: to stop thinking about it. You have to stop thinking about <laughs> what if? Bitcoin. What if? And what if? we need what to if? stop talking about Bitcoin. It is a who. It's
2: so, it's such it a who. who and it's so, it's so bad. It, anyways, whatever. It's I hate it. Do you know, do you know that like Bitcoin is owned like 95% by men? Like there's no women in the Bitcoin game. Like oh, it's and especially all men Yeah,
1: because they're like, they're too smart. They're like, I don't want any part of this. It's like, this right. is bad news, Invest excuse me. in a
2: solid, like, a solid stable, like, safe, but also a little risky 401k. Like, put your money somewhere smart. Like, do not put your money in, like, a computer game. Sorry. And now I'm going to get calls being like, eh, actually, Bitcoin, do not call me. I don't care. <laughs> I sold do it. Not,
1: do not put your money in a computer game. That's good. I'm sorry. That's good.
2: That's good advice. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Like, Lindsay, Barbara Corcoran, Weber up here. Don't put your money in a computer game. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I just wanted to call and ask you um, who these two imposters hosting the Great American Baking Show are, because I have no idea who they are. It used to be the big, fat, Greek wedding lady and her funny husband. But I don't know these people, and I'm very upset about it. Anyway, good point, Bella Thorne.
2: Bye! Wait, so who did he start with? Who were those people he said imposters? No, the
1: imposters. So originally, originally the, the hosts of the Great American Bake Off, or Great American Baking Show, it has a dumb name, <laughs> were Nia Vardalos and Ian Gomez. They're like... You know who they are. they're famous, ish Ian Gomez, you may it's not Nia
2: Vardolos. It's Dolos. it's Neavardolos from my Greek american my Greek american my big fat, my Greek, big fat Greek my big fat Greek me? a wedding. I'm sorry, and my big fat Greek wedding too, and that's it. And then her husband is Ian Gomez, who's like Cougar played, Town. he's like a right, but he's kind of just like a character he's like a he, character actor, but he's kind TV. of the alt Stanley Tucci <laughs> like, he's, he's alt Stanley Tucci. Alt. that's good.
1: He's alt <laughs> like, Stanley Tucci. <laughs>
2: It's like, is Stanley Tucci not free? Like, do you need another bald guy? It's like, mm, he's, you know, like, call Ian yeah, or whatever. Yeah, call Ian
1: Gomez. Right? Anyway, they did the first yeah. couple seasons of it. I didn't even think, I don't understand why this guy was- Did a anyone
2: good. watch American I watched, Baking Show? I, don't... I
1: watched the first. No. I watched the first season of <laughs> okay. it. Okay. It was only like six episodes long, and there was a really, really funny contestant. What was really sad about The Great American Bake Off, or at least the first iteration of it, was that the bakers were terrible. Like, Just embarrassing and so bad. And there was this woman who was just so much fun to watch. She was from Long Island and everything she made like fell apart. And at one point she wanted to make like a cake in the shape of a hospital that she worked at for like a hundred years and so it was like Mm -hmm. some children's hospital or something and so she made it and it was like it looked like a dilapidated children's hospital it was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life that's like
2: what a lot of children's hospitals I know so it made it worse
1: anyway so I stopped Um, watching it but like
2: people watched the Great British Bake Off because as Americans the food looks insane and terrible and we were all like la 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 we love it and also it's like the most quaint and nice cooking show so So to have the American version is a little bit interesting because it kind of takes Takes away what the initial like why like, we even we watched want it. In the Mary first Berry,
1: place. we want like charming right. British people.
2: I want like you know tarts that are, have like soggy <laughs> bottoms and like we, yes. you know that yes. g- not you know yeah.
1: Um, I want people Anyways. to talk about their proving drawers over and over again. Um, <laughs> proving and, and, and measure flour in grams. I love mm,
2: it. The crumb on this. I want to talk about the crumb. Yes. Mm, the crumb. Anyway,
1: so yeah. the new hosts. I guess Nia Radulov. Neo Radulov is like busy on Broadway. Ian Gomez is busy you know, filling in for Stanley Tucci. The new hosts (laughs) are imposters, yes, but it's not like they're that much. They're not like considerably less famous. Also, I would argue Aisha Curry is a huge star just because of her She kind of is. So it's Aisha Curry and this guy, Anthony Adams, who goes by Spice Adams for no reason. And I think he doesn't go by Spice Adams, the best I can tell, because he has anything to do with it has, doesn't have anything to do with food. He's like a football player, a former football player. So,
2: wait, you, you kind of skipped over this, but to all you sports fans out there, Ayesha Curry's husband is Stephen Curry, oh, yeah. who is a basketball player, like a very, very famous yes. basketball player. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. And now she's a famous. anyone like, ever call him Stephen Curry.
1: She sort of turned this into um, a cooking empire. Her
2: own. Yes, yes.
1: Cooking and lifestyle. Everyone likes her. She's just. She has a show delightful.
2: called Aisha's Homemade or Aisha's Home Kitchen on the Food Network. Mm-hmm. But she has no, like, training, so she's very, like, Rachel Ray about it, I Rachel think. Rachel
1: Ray about it, exactly.
2: You know? Um, and um, Reed Drummond. Reed Drummond has
1: who, no training. She just lived on that farm.
2: Yeah, who's, who's Spice? Spice? His
1: name is Anthony Adams. He played um, for the 49ers and the oh, Bears. He's,
2: oh, so he's not even a cook guy. He's no, just, like, he's a No, he's just, a fun, like, a charming guy. He's a and
1: I, he's one of those people who, after he was done with football, he turned into, like, a commentator. And I guess he's, like, yeah. a famous commentator because he's, like, good at it. I don't know.
2: He's also on Ballers. Oh, he's on Ballers.
1: On Ballers. Who knew? Not me. I've never Ballers. seen an episode of Ballers. Anyway. I mean,
2: I'm just telling you, like, I just read that. I haven't, don't watch Ballers. So, Please don't put me in that category. So this
1: person is basically, this person is calling them imposters. But by, based on what I can tell, they're, like, really well-liked, um, by and large. They,
2: they seem to work fine. My favorite thing is you're, like, did she, did they actually ask where M- Nia Vardalos was? Or was it just, that's where we took it? That's where question. we
1: took it. And Nia Vardalos okay. is number one on Broadway. Number two, Lindsay, what is she about to star in?
2: I'm obsessed with this, so if you look up Nia Vardalis' IMDb, it's like kind of a mess because you're kind of like, ooh, you know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, it's like Larry Crown and like then a bunch of other stuff, whatever. But she's doing a play on Broadway, so it's fine. She's doing an adaptation of a
1: – Cheryl Strait.
2: Yeah. Anyways, it's getting good reviews. Anyways, she the next movie that she's doing is called 33 Liberty Lane. And it is a story of four women who join forces to start a s- phone sex company. Um, love this premise. It has been done in a very good movie starring, uh, remember that movie? For a Good Time Call, Ari called? Grainer. For a t- great movie. Ari Grainer Anyways, and the other one. I love Ari this Grainer. This one is going to be better because it stars, ready for it, Malora Hardin. That's right. Emily Watson. You got it. <laughs> Sandra Oh. Are you kidding? <gasps> and then Nia Vardalos. That is an amazing four-person it really cast. really Like, if you think about it, like, I don't even think I could cast that myself it's too good it's too good
1: it's great actually actually, is what it is
2: like it's the perfect age range like they're all this a similar age that's like not a very paid attention to age of women Mm -hmm. in Hollywood and it's just like it's great and Melora Harden is leading the pack and the rest of them are just gonna follow along in her lead I hope she sings
1: (laughs) I hope she sings I hope she dances it'll be great
2: yeah that's it I think that's That's
1: it that's it next
2: up and speaking of women of that speaking age of women
1: of that age this call is so rude and I, I almost don't want to play it but i think it's like i think it's good it's rude. i think it's good
0: hi Lindsay, bobby this is jillian from new york um i just want to say that yesterday i went to uh shop at h&m and caroline ray was there and she was shopping next to me and she had like i want to say 20 to 25 different items Nobody noticed her. I kind of followed her around the store because I was like Aunt Hilda or Hilda, whatever one from Supreme and the Teenage Witch was there.
3: Um, so my question is, what has Carolyn Ray been up to? And is it sad for a C-list celebrity to be shopping at H&M with the rest of us? Okay, thanks.
1: We'll get to the what has she been up to later. But first, I rude caller. I can't deal with what. Yeah, Listen this up, rude say, caller.
2: Like- you can't follow her around H&M and then say she's maybe Hilda on Sabrina. Like you clearly know who she is and you can't just like do that because you're the one following her around H&M.
1: <laughs> Counting the items in her hands. To be fair, I, I would have done the same thing and I would have said, yo, I just saw Caroline Ray at H&M holding 20 to 25 items. Yes, I would have done that. But what I have called into the show? Maybe not. Secondly, this actually comes on the heels of similar news by One of our biggest A-listers, Beyonce, who was seen in a Target. And guess what? No one questioned her and said, oh, what's she doing where everyone else shops? Uh,
2: Well, the Daily Mail did. (laughs) The Daily Mail told us that she was shopping in a discount store. (laughs) but everyone was like, Target is not a discount store.
1: You know, it's the same. It's one of those places that like just people shop, normal people shop, you know?
2: Yeah, it's not. You can't be mad. And it's like if Beyonce can shop at Target, Caroline Ray can certainly shop at H&M. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Lindsay, what is Caroline Ray up to right now?
2: I don't know. I She, no, she does. um, I looked her up and she does a lot of like um, cartoon voices and stuff. She like, you know, the, you know, the cartoon Phineas and Herb. Oh uh, yeah. Phineas and Herb. She like is a voice on that, but it really cracked me up because this part of her Wikipedia, this has nothing to do with what she's up to, but I like to, I love Wikipedia when they do this. It says, uh, Ray has appeared as at Comic Relief as well as the Mrs. Foundation's women of comedy from Caroline's Comedy Club, no relation to Ray. <laughs> I love it. Caroline's like I love it. No relation. Caroline's. Caroline's Comedy Club, no relation to this Ray. This photo you that found of her and Zach
1: Efron is great.
2: Her Instagram is really good. Um, it's Caroline Ray for Real, which is amazing. If any celebrity puts like for real or the real or like you know defining the authenticity of their account that's 100% a winner mm-hmm. um, this is a great picture of Caroline Ray and Zac Efron and her little daughter who's nine like halfway out of the frame and it says I accosted hashtag Zac Efron on behalf of my daughter who I basically shoved out of the way because I was overcome by his cuteness and charm sorry Avi. handsome hunk. he was so sweet because my phone was dead so he used his phone and sent it to me and then Ava said I'm gonna text him and say hi no <laughs> that's the
1: best it's really good
2: that is the be- so literally she conned Zac Efron into giving her his number (laughs) and a selfie. Caroline
1: Ray knows what she's doing and she also knows how to find a good deal. So and with that we're (laughs) done with this week. Um, Thank you to all the callers. You're all wonderful or most of you are wonderful. I would say 99.9% of you are wonderful and some of you are very rude to us.
2: Some of you are extremely rude and need to do a little bit of Googling before you call and correct us. Not that we don't need correcting, but if you're going to call and correct us, you better be correct. We
1: need correcting 99.9% of the time. Yes.
2: (laughs) I mean, I'm just furious because it was so like something I would never get wrong. And I was not wrong. And I'm never wrong about, you know, the Lady Marmalade remake. Come on.
1: (laughs) Okay. Thank you to everyone who called in. Thank you to everyone who is rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Thank you to people who continue to call in about like Hallmark Channel stuff and Christmas movies. We love that you love it. (laughs) Love it. Um... And
2: Shout out to everyone out there writing their best of lists for the end of the year. I mean, consider Who Weekly. I mean, I don't know. We're not, you know, consider, the new people consider, on the block anymore, but consider, consider us. We're still making good content. We're still out here doing it. Con so consider us. Consider. Um, do we also have a, you're, sweetie, you're doing amazing call for the end of this show?
1: Caller, you're doing amazing, sweetie, is what the segment is called. Yes, we do have it. <laughs> oh, we have a caller, shit. you're doing amazing, sweetie segment. Stay tuned after the credits, which are going to begin now.
0: You will trailer. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: To
3: be hey you guys, um, so James Corbin, whom I don't like, just meet and was like, oh, we just welcomed a baby daughter, everyone's happy and great, we can't stop smiling, thank you Harry for stepping to host the show at two and a half hours notice, um, who's Harry? What show? Okay. Thanks. Selena and Barnes, are they who they're them
0: That was a hit gum podcast.